I believe that each and every person like in this room, everyone that's listening to this has their own unique breath pattern, like a fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And that breath has a relationship. Mm -hmm. It does something. It takes maybe 13 seconds to take a deep breath in and deep breath out. Some people, two seconds. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a different speed, a different wow. cadence. And I think that materializes in the outside world. Welcome to Going Within, the podcast where I, David Naylor, and our guests dive deep, sharing our transformative journeys with psychedelic therapy and other awakening experiences. Join us as we explore the life-changing potential of going within and listening to inspiring stories of transformation from various life experiences and ceremonies. Now, let's go within. Fish Fisher is a passionate individual and the co-founder of Somatic Breathwork, an innovative approach to emotional wellness. With a focus on helping people release stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, Fish utilizes the power of breathwork to facilitate the clearing of suppressed emotions, trauma, and negative energy. Fish empowers individuals to find relief and embark on a path towards emotional well-being. You may have seen his videos out online. He is doing incredible work taking people to the depths to find their own personal healing. Ironically, I actually was sleeping in this very uh, cushion right here. I was sleeping on this cushion at a sound healing. Oh yeah, well, uh, the sound only just a couple days ago. That's great. I love how the was that? You have. So good. Mm. But I will. I came into it knowing that I needed rest, mm -hmm. and so I knew my body was going to yeah. be asking for rest. So I just, I went, I just, yeah. I just dozed off. Did the sound? Did the sound help with that? Oh. Yeah. 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 It, you know, there's something that's really fascinating. Um, it's called like, uh, I believe it's called cymatics. Mm -hmm. um, and cymatics is actually when sound becomes visible. Mm. So they'll take like a plate of sand or even water molecules and they'll play like a certain note and a shape will come out yeah. of that. And so really it just goes to show you like how powerful sound is to our water mo molecular, molecular structure because yeah. we're majority water. Yeah goes to show like how intentional you should be about what you're receiving when it comes to sound. And it's interesting. I, I love music and sound in ceremony. I remember one time sitting with Bufo, uh, I became this, this molecular water structure and it took my body. And I guess the whole time I was out for about 20 minutes, but it was, it was a long 20 minute song. It's yeah. like this 20 minute, like, you know, some of the tribal songs are real long. And apparently I, I, I finish with the last second of the song just like this, but like it was this, I don't know, geometrical, molecular, perfect shape and I became mm. the music. It was like yeah. singing through me, it was, it was amazing. It was yeah. one of my most m memorable ceremonies. Yeah, music is the ultimate container holder. You know, we talk about holding space and we can do that for yeah. one another, but music can hold the ultimate space. It's yeah. vastness, you know, and its ability to like just surround you and move through you. It's, uh, it can occupy matter and mass. You know, we can only get so close to one another, but right. music can actually permeate the why, why do you think that is? Like, I mean, you kind of even see it when they play the flute for the snake, that kind of, mm -hmm. they can like control almost an animal through music. Yeah, and, and, and if we admit to ourselves, we are animals. Yeah. You know, so can yeah. music control us for sure? You know, there's a lot of things with hypnosis, you know, even mm -hmm. words, mm -hmm. because words, if, if you really study it, words can actually be a vibration of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, we sing, you mm -hmm. know, we create that, but that comes from our ability to like, where do we speak from? Do we speak from the throat? Because that's very like cerebral. 
Do we speak from the belly? Which is very somatic. Mm -hmm. It comes from the body. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, when we say something, do we say something that actually lands for someone? Right. And what that right. means is, did we speak to someone? Did we speak into them? There's a big difference between speaking at someone and speaking in to mm -hmm. someone. And mm -hmm. that's the permeation that I'm talking about. Like, you know, if you say things in such a vibration and you allow space between your words, you allow something to land and sink in. It's interesting that we can actually, <clears throat> you know, we train people how to respond to us, mm -hmm. right? How are we showing up? Am I showing up and, hey, you know, it's nice to meet you, you know, mm -hmm. like, and there's this vibration of, you feel the vibration of mm -hmm. shyness, maybe mm -hmm. scare, fear, yeah. you can feel it. Yeah. You come up, hey, it's really nice to meet you, man. It's like, I want to get to know you, man. Yeah. What's going on? And the next thing you know, yeah. there, we can train people. It's almost yeah. like a reflection of mirrors. That's right, yeah. Yeah, people can feel you feeling them. Yeah. Like that's how innate like our senses are. We can like yeah. feel into that. We can tap into that sixth sense, you know, that innate intelligence of the body, knowing someone's behind me and kind of being aware of them yeah. without knowing they're there, not without visually seeing yeah. that they're there, without actually just feeling them. Oh, then you were there. We have these ability to really tap into those senses. And how, so that's how does that's someone about. tap into that? How does someone tap into like learning how to show up in a way mm. that is they're speaking with conviction mm. power love mm. confidence and that they have awareness of how they can create reality how does someone yeah. tap into that yeah i think it i think it comes from speed mm. i think we live in a very fast food culture mm -hmm. and when we slow things down you're able to feel things more mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons we watch a movie and the second a slow motion scene comes on we just love slow motion. Yeah. It gives our body time to catch up. It gives our body time to like really understand what we're seeing. It gives time to process. Mm -hmm. I really think the magic in life is space. Mm. Your ability to cultivate it, to hold it so others can make and take up space. Mm -hmm. Space is also the ability to like between your joints and your flexibility mm. and your mobility and segmentation between the spine we create space within ourselves so space is the ultimate like holder that's why i love nature 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 is the ultimate holder mm -hmm. nature is so vast mm -hmm. it's mother earth mm -hmm. being able to hold you in such a way mm -hmm. and so it's really understanding that when you slow things down you can feel things more mm -hmm. and you can really like feel your senses because you're just overloaded by so much, you do have to numb yourself. Mm -hmm. This world is so fast and it mm -hmm. comes at you so quickly. Mm -hmm. So to put space even between your words, mm -hmm. between your responses, between all of your interactions, mm -hmm. that will actually start a journey to really curate more sensation, more felt sense, and the people will feel that from you. They'll feel like you're not trying to rush through the conversation, but you're trying to really just be there with them and you're mm. in no hurry to leave because mm. you want to be there. And you can almost like, how you do anything is how you do everything. It's yeah. like if you're eating a cookie really fast, yeah. if you're eating ice cream really fast, yeah. versus like tasting every yeah. moment. Imagine in a conversation, you're tasting the moment of this conversation. It's beautifully said. Why do you think people are so afraid to be with someone and taste 
the frequency and the vibration of that person and be with that person? Why, yeah. why are people afraid of intimacy? Probably afraid because they just haven't uh, developed a relationship with it. Um, we're only afraid of the things we don't know. And so when we haven't developed a relationship with uh, any of the emotions that can come up, you know, whether it's lumped under sadness or intimacy or kind of like anger, those emotions, uh, they're almost like they are their own entity. You mm -hmm. can build a relationship with them. And if you haven't, mm -hmm. well, we fear the things we do not know. And this life, modernly, is set up in such a way that we don't have the ability to we don't take the time to spend it with one another. There are so many opportunities, aka distractions. The invisible forces that that are surrounding us drive our life from the radiation of the sun to the gravitational pull of the moon um, to the emotions that we feel to our own breath these are all invisible forces that really do control our life mm -hmm. and if you slow down enough you can make the visible the invisible visible mm. if you build a relationship mm. with someone you start to see them for the first time. Mm -hmm. A stranger is an invisible person that mm -hmm. walks past you. Mm -hmm. To greet them and meet them is to make them visible. Mm -hmm. Is to acknowledge that they even exist mm -hmm. and feel them. Mm -hmm. And that's the first kind of step for these invisible forces that we don't know. Emotions being the one that is a huge driving factor right. to all the things we do. Right. Building a relationship and rapport with them is a first starting point to actually like to letting go of the fear because they stand at your door and you don't let them in. Well, clearly life has not always um, been this rich for you and your awareness and your, the way you hold yourself and hold others. Mm -hmm. Like take me, take me to a time where like, take me to a time when Fish Fisher was in his dark night of his soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a dark night of the soul isn't just one moment. It is a culmination of a multitude of moments added up mm -hmm. to some totaled experience. Right, like um, a breaking point a potentially? Bre I think so. Okay. I can only speak to my dark night of the soul. Yeah. I think for so many others, I mean, for so many, it's probably a completely different experience. Um, just like my experience with love mm -hmm. is probably very different than others. I would say that I was holding so much together for my players on the PGA Tour when I was caddying for them. Mm -hmm. I literally didn't have my own sovereignty. Mm -hmm. I always had to be responsible rather than reactive mm. uh, to their situation. I then was working for the number two player, number two golfer in the world, which came at a tremendous amount of pressure. Mm -hmm. I was holding it all together for mm -hmm. him as Responsibility. well. <laughs> and I can feel the, the, the tens of thousands of people that love him and want to pour into him. And he was very protective of his energy, and so I had to be a buffer. So I was mm. like, I was almost the, uh, the, the, the invisible force that, yeah. Holding the world up. That, that, that yeah, that, that kept him, get, gave him space mm -hmm. so that he could live his life. And then I went into the entrepreneurial world, which can be a very stressful, very high stakes kind of game and you find yourself in the activation sympathetic state of the nervous system with no really tools of relaxation entrepreneurs really mm -hmm. have no tools yeah um 
It's just making more money. Right. Like um, constantly being in the driver's seat. Yes. Just that constant state of driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's a time where you have to pull over and rest. Oh. You know? Entrepreneur, entrepreneurs don't know that so well. They drive past the rest area and they think they, they, that's for <laughs> like keep going. take a piss. <laughs> it's like, no, it's a rest area. Yes. It's a good like, way to look at it. A short definition of a traumatic experience is too much, too fast, too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just had too much, too fast, too soon. Mm-hmm. With all the things going on, my brother was in the hospital. He was in, he was going to court. He was in a court case, mm-hmm. you know, fighting for his life. It was just, um, it was just a tumultuous time, and so much of it was adding up. And all I kept doing is suppressing and pushing it down. And that's only because that's all I knew mm. to do. To show strength was to like not cry and to like hold, hold it, together. it together for the family. Hold it together for your, your PGA players. Hold it together for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Which is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. I feel, felt it. And after 20 years of that, you know, finally there was a break. And um, I laid in bed for about two and a half months and shook uncontrollably. And I would just cry just hold myself and cry and ask what is happening to me what i was just healthy driven entrepreneurial making money like doing everything thought i thought i was going to marry this one person yeah like, you know, then all of a sudden life has a way of making you feel like it's derailed your life only to show you that it's put it back on track. Mm, mm, mm. And you can only see that retrospectively. Life is this beautiful, <laughs> this beautiful existence where it makes no sense forward, but makes complete sense. And in, in the midst of that, people commit suicide. People mm. drown out, yeah. numb out. Yeah. They hold on to it. Yeah. And, and it's, I've always, <clears throat> my first breakdown was 16 years old, mm. parents divorce. I started doing cocaine, dropped out. I get kicked out of schools, two schools, kicked out of sports. So my identity shatters early, right, at 16. And wow. I get arrested, you know, 20 times. I'm in rehab at 17. And during that time, my best friend killed himself because he was going through something similar. My mm. best friend just shotgun to his head. Then his brother killed himself right after that. I mean, this was, and these were the, these were the, like my best friends. And then, then I get out of rehab uh, a few months. And then my, my girlfriend at the time before rehab overdosed. So it's like, here I went through this death of identity and found a path forward. And that was my first of many dark nights of the souls. Mm. But I know now what you say is that like, in retrospect, looking back, those were transition states of consciousness. I always moved into a new consciousness. And then I, I would go for a certain amount of years and then maybe something else would happen. And like, so I have a new appreciation for the contraction seasons in my life mm-hmm. or the death and rebirth yeah. of my life. Yeah. And why do you think people aren't able to move through that the way we have? Why do you think they stay there? I can speak from my experience that when I was at the lowest state of my life, when I felt that vibration, 
that low frequency of saying, hey, like, you know what, why don't you just take off? Why don't you leave? It's not really worth you being here. The uh -huh. pain is too great. Like, uh -huh. who wants to live in a bed all uh -huh. day long? Right. And I remember tapping into that almost like I had tuned into a radio station mm -hmm. that had its own agenda for where it would take me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the thoughts of myself. Like mm -hmm. I, it was almost like I was picking up on these lower level thoughts. And it goes to show that I, I really think we are antennas and we can pick up different frequencies throughout life. Mm -hmm. And when we are in these low states, these low vibrations, we can pick up on radio stations that can lead us to the only causality for our life is going to be suicide mm -hmm. after something like a dark night of yeah. the soul or or just a slow death of taking whatever they are just to numb out yeah to numb yeah. out slow exactly. death or quick death so i don't feel it and really like i said to slow down to feel it more like to feel to feel life is not to feel like elated right. to feel life is to feel the roller coaster of highs and lows that mm. come with it and the lower you can feel it that vibrational pull the lowness i was at I was able to ramp up to another level of yeah. elation and exuberation only because of the depth that I had gone. So it's almost like you can, you can climb as high, as deep as you can dig. So tell us about that. How, what was your process like of that culmination of so many events, all the pressures, holding it all together, 20 years living to hold space for others? things collapse for you. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're two, three months of just crying and not getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. What was your process of ascension and expansion from there? What did that yeah. look like? And how long did it take? Yeah, um, it didn't take long. <laughs> it didn't take long because uh, I had a dear friend named Gabriel take me to a breathwork class. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was a private session um, with a man named Stephen Jaggers, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize how breath can alter your state. I didn't realize what a shifter it was mm. of where you are on the spectrum. So now looking back, I realized like I was in the activation state, just living and sympathetic. And now, and I'm stuck there. I was like the Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. You know, crash, bang, mm -hmm. break, break mm -hmm. my nervous system. Mm -hmm. Just, I can't get out of it. I'm mean and I'm green mm -hmm. and I don't know how to get back to Bruce mm -hmm. Banner. And Wow. Now I've been slung back to the other side and I'm in this state of deep rest, too relaxed. I'm in depression. Um, and so it's like I'm stuck in these states, but you know, health is the ability to choose what state you want to be in. Mm -hmm. So do I want to be here or here? None of these states are bad. I went to the extremes, the mm -hmm. polar ends of each. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty cool thing to see the planet, to go to the Arctic Circle, you know, and then head to like the uh, the south pole but to see the extremes is to understand your own range and i went to both of those sides but realized in that process that health is the ability to slide on that scale not stay stuck mm. you want to be like superman mm -hmm. and be able to take your cape on and off mm -hmm. when you choose right not like incredible hulk so what kind of superhero do you want to really be what kind of human do you want to be mm. is really the greatest question. Breath work gave me the ability to choose. Wow. wow. It allowed me to learn how to control my state. And that's what breath does. Breath is a mechanism that controls your nervous system, which then allows you to really create significant state 
change in your life, which can then lead to significant trait change in your life. It's incredible. I never thought about it this way, but maybe I'm just picking up on your, your wisdom frequency. But if you think about the most important thing in someone's life. Yeah. Think about it. Someone might say water, mm. food, mm. sex, yeah. survival. No. Yeah. It's breath. It's breath. Like that's what it all, yeah. Yahweh. You yeah. look back at the very, very beginning of Yahweh. Yahweh means breath, like Yahweh, yeah. God, mm-hmm. breath. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that, after that session that you did, like what, what did that open up for you in your life? How did it, like going forward, did you just go all in with breath work? Did you try other um, plant medicine type experiences? Yeah. Like what, what yeah. opened up for you? Yeah, I did a, a number of things, you know, there was like, you know, mushrooms was introduced in my life, you know, lots of things, but, but breath was, was something that I could return back to on a daily. Mm-hmm. It could be a gentle breathwork session. Mm-hmm. It could also be a more intense breathwork session. Uh, when you take mushrooms or anything else, it has an agenda for your system mm-hmm. and you have to wait until it moves through. Mm-hmm. Whereas breath, I could just do a touch. Oh. I could do more. I, I was in control. Mm. And health is the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. I could choose whether the breath was a deep, deep session, a journey, or whether it was just a daily practice. And I love that ability to kind of, um, to make that choice and to micronize it how I saw fit. You could, we talk about microdosing. Mm-hmm. You know, what about, I learned how to microdose my, my breath. Mm. And I learned that uh, the invisible forces that we speak about, like breath, um, beyond breath lies something really special. Beyond breath lies expression. That's where the expression lies. In a breathwork session, it's not, the breath is what's driving, you know, the session. But when, when an emotion comes up, when an expression, a unique, authentic expression comes up, the breath is out the window. And the expression is now the main priority. And so this is, Beyond breath work, there's something beyond the breath. Mm. And that's the expression. And I believe that's true for every part of your life. I believe that each and every person like in this room, everyone that's listening to this has their own unique breath pattern, like a fingerprint. Mm. And that breath has a relationship. Mm. It does something. It takes maybe 13 seconds to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Some people, two seconds. Everyone has a different speed, a different cadence, and I think that materializes in the outside world. I think that if we were to study, like maybe the great entrepreneurs, or the great artists, or the great athletes of modern day, I believe you would see each one of their breath being an extension of what they brought in and Mm. created into the world. Because your expression leads to what you now can then bring into as an expression into the world. Mm. And we don't honor a lot of people. You're like, oh, if you're an artist, express yourself. Athlete, express yourself. But most of us don't get permission for full, authentic, unique expression. And we all have it. And so I think the breath is the gateway to our own unique expression. And that's, that's profound. It's profound. It's like, I just, you, you sharing that brings up memories of my dad, mm. um, who passed, you know, over a decade ago. But yeah. I remember my whole life, just the way he breathed, putting my head on his tummy. Mm.
like I never looked at it like that. I've never thought of it, but it brought up, and here comes an emotional response already. Right. Mm. Like what breath can do. Tell me, tell me why breath work can create emotional releases and responses. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to sit with that for a second. Yeah, it was juicy. You know, um, and I want to speak to it for a second because, uh, I've actually just recently lost my father Mm. and, uh, thank you. It was actually one of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. I got to watch him take his last breath. That's. And I got to hold his hand and I had just listened to Zach Bush and he had described how we deal with grief. Mm-hmm. He had talked about death mm-hmm. and how we, how we grieve for death rather than revere it. Mm-hmm. And what he says in that moment, he says that our entire lives are a culmination of acquiring knowledge with no time for integration because mm-hmm. our lives are always forward and they never slow down. Mm-hmm. But death is the ultimate slowdown. And really, this, juxt- this juxtaposition between the integration, the integration and also knowledge mm-hmm. comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And wisdom is that intersection. And so at the end of our lives, when it's finally slowing down enough to allow all our moments, all of our memories, all of our collective experiences to finally catch up with us, we are at our wisest when we take our last breath. Mm. And so it was mm. so beautiful to listen to that by mm. Zach and then to only get to witness it. It's exciting because it. we just found out he's going to be coming on our podcast. So I'm really excited to just hear that, <laughs> dive a, into that. He's a special human. Yeah. I honor him a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I hope someday to be able to articulate words the way he in does, such a yeah. way. So, yeah. he, he's just so tapped into science mm-hmm. and his ability to like really just bring that to you feels so genuine mm-hmm. and so authentic and it comes from a place beyond mm-hmm. beyond where we spend most of our conversation mm-hmm. it comes from a place deeper mm-hmm. and you can feel that mm-hmm. and so i'm really excited to uh to listen to that yeah. when it comes out as far as uh your question about what comes up for people with breath well i think you know if you look at breath it's an opportunity to create sensations in the mm-hmm. body it's an opportunity to expand inwardly right um we have outer space, right? This incredible place that's this frontier that we destined to like learn more about and we take space shuttles to explore it. And yet, what do we use to go inward? Breath is our space shuttle mm-hmm. to go into our own inner space mm-hmm. and to explore it and to repressurize it. Mm-hmm. To pressurize the system is to force all things to the surface. Mm-hmm. And so that internal pressure, because the external pressure is stress. Mm -hmm. People pushing things on you, the stressors, those keep you down. They keep you in a contracted state. If you look at the inverse of that, the inner expansion, you are Xing pressure. And what is X pressure? Expression. That's right. So to X pressure is to express yourself Mm -hmm. in life and Mm -hmm. so that's why the expression lies beyond the breath the breath starts it but then that pressure internal pressure x's becomes expression and so it is an opportunity to push off pressure if you looked at weights Mm. and you looked at like a barbell you know on your chest 
And like, how do you push it off? How do you push off this weight? You do it by exiting that pressure and breath is a way to push off all of the outside stressors from the internal aspect. And so what happens is things come to the surface. And if something is coming up, it is only coming up to move through you. Mm -hmm. And there was a big part of this practice in the very beginning where we would say things like, let it go. But I think now we've come to the realization that it's not about what's being released, but it's about what's being received. Yeah. And so now we don't say let it go. We say let it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can let it deep. You could also probably say let it through. Yeah. Right? That's I love exactly to let it. it in and let it through. Let it in, let it deep, and then you can let it through. Oof. You know, in some of the... Uh, plant medicine ceremonies I've sat with that has helped me uh, receive and yeah. heal and let things through and mm. feel and rest. And a teacher um, who I deeply love and I've been working with uh, shared with me a few tools and that is breath is, is your ally mm. with all things right? Like this relationship with your breath. Mm -hmm. And before I started this journey, I, I didn't have a relationship with my breath. Mm. You know, it's just like, even my, my, my partner would just be like, why are you breathing like that? I would breathe heavy, you know? It's mm. like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm breathing that way. But now it's like throughout the day, the more connection I can make with my breath, the better. Like if I can make one more connection with my breath I did that I did yesterday like if I can make one more like I'm just building a relationship with my mm -hmm. breath um, but also another one was just allowing whenever there's something coming up that I'm facing whether it's in a sound bath or an ayahuasca ceremony or a mushroom ceremony or anything that I'm facing allowing so there's the there's the acronym star surrender trust allow and receive. Mm -hmm. There's no doing in that. There's mm -hmm. no forcing. You can't mm -hmm. force source, right? Like it's just surrender, okay? Mm. Trust. Because sometimes hard things come through, as you know. Yeah. Sometimes buried emotions, you know, grief, pain, um, sorrow, sometimes joy. Sometimes joy is hard to be with, right? Yeah. And laughter. Yeah. But that acronym STAR has always stuck with me. Surrender, trust, allow, receive and then breathe, right? Mm. So do you find that to be true? And have you, have you heard of that acronym before? I haven't heard that acronym before. Uh, the one I think about, because I really love space, mm -hmm. is wait. Mm. <laughs> Why am I talking? Wow, I love that. It's just, it's a, it's a great question that you can pose to yourself to like be more reflective. Mm. I really think that the idea of embodiment is something that is been integrated inside you. Mm. I see embody as something that's in body. Mm. It's in your body. Mm -hmm. It's in your body because you've kept it there. Mm -hmm. The other stuff, waste products. Mm -hmm. You've just you read something, you talked about it, it's out of the system. Mm -hmm. But to live it, to like walk with it, to be with it, to titrate it, mm -hmm. to filtrate it, to like wrestle with it, mm -hmm. to sharpen it, mm -hmm. to smooth it out, to do all the things with it to really sit with those concepts for a long time that's what it is to embody something it's what you keep it's what stays in the body and so for me 
You know, I think about breath as this ultimate reminder mm. that we can always go within. And I see breath two-sided. Most people don't even see breath, you know, making the invisible visible. Mm -hmm. They don't even see breath. And so it's the ability to actually see that there's both ends of the spectrum to breath. That breath is its own polarity. There is oxygen and there is CO2. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is so important. Mm. And realizing that like, yeah, your breath is this incredible measurement tool. You know, it is the first thing you do. It's the last thing you do. It's the first thing and the last thing. That's so true. And uh, wow. And we don't really study like, how we breathe mm. or why we breathe or how like our relationship to like do we take do we try to take in more oxygen you know, i'm reading an incredible book um that that really talked about the value of co2 in the body mm -hmm. versus oxygen because mm -hmm. right? you can only absorb so much oxygen wow but yeah we try to we think about oxygen as the ultimate like viewpoint on life but really when you're taking in that much much oxygen, you're, you're moving yourself towards that activated state. Yep. So that would make CO2 the relaxed aspect of it Whoa. all. And so just seeing, seeing it differently, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Seeing and making the visible and making the invisible mm -hmm. visible. Yeah. Wow, man. It's, it's amazing. You hear people when they, when they're in their dark night of the soul and they're in the depths of the dark, you know, something brings them out, whether they find God, mm. a religion, uh, they find plant medicine, they find yoga. Mm. You found breath work, mm -hmm. breath. What do you think led you to breath work being your now mastery, your first thing that you, you know, I asked you, what was that first thing that took you out of the space and you were invited to a breath work session? Yeah. Like, do you have... Did, were you, did you grow up with asthma? Did you have something like desert? Why do you think breath? Yeah. Why do you think breath is what called you? First, I think it's important to realize that every single one of us is a breath worker. Mm -hmm. We've all worked with breath in some capacity within our life mm -hmm. at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So to acknowledge that that is who we are, mm -hmm. and what we are, just like we're all probably body workers too. I think so. Touch is a nutrient. We're all psychics. All of us. Yes. But they're not what you want to tap right. into. Just right? same healers. We can keep going, right? We are. Of course. At some, like whatever, some touch healers, some sound yeah. healers. But breath work healer, right? You, breath is what found you. Yeah, that's right. Why? Breath found me. Yeah. Not the other way around. I know. You know, breath chose me. Yeah. And I think like anything, I think when you find something that helps others, when you find something that helps you, you desire so deeply to share that course, with others. It's like, it's what we do from a tribal sense. If we were to like, if you and I were to create something that helped us get and gather more food, right? Or became a better hunter or a You're better tool share or weapon. It, right? I'm gonna share it. You discovered it. Discover this. It discovered me. Let's share this. You yes. Know? And, and, and that's how we grow, not just individually. We want to grow. We strive right. for growth. We strive right. for growth collectively right. as well. Right. And so there really is that, that real truth that for me, I was like, this changed my state. And mm. I know others are in this mm. state. And I know that breath can change your state. And I want to actually be an advocate of that. And right. I feel very honored that um, I've been able to shepherd it in. Right. That it's kind of said, okay, you can speak yeah. for me. That's right. It's, I, 
maybe it's, I hope it's proud, yeah. you know, because I, yeah. I shout from the reef. You've, you've, you've devoted your life to it. I, I remember when I got sober after 17 and I wanted to recruit all my friends into sobriety. Cause like, mm. this is the greatest guys. I'm not waking up with, with, with paraphernalia and yeah. you know, I'm not smoking blunts all day and doing Coke. Yeah. I'm a happy and no one cared. Yeah. No <laughs> Nobody one cared. cared. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you know, it's the same thing when I, but when I, when I started recovery centers and rehab centers, um, it, I found people who did care, you know, yeah. and uh, that was what led me to building the rehab centers. Right. And then, you know, then there was mm-hmm. another death and rebirth about four years ago where uh, I had heard everyone doing plant medicine and breath work, you mm-hmm. know, it was like yoga, plant medicine, breath work, but I was like recovery, 12 steps, and I had been in it for mm-hmm. two decades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had built a whole identity around it, a whole life around it, and... Mm-hmm. Um, but it was time, you know, things started piling up, like yeah. you said, right? It was, I could just name several things, but yeah. it was all piling up. And then the collapse. And then um, mm. I didn't relapse, but someone invited me to sit with, uh, to put a blindfold on. And <clears throat> breathing was a part of it. It wasn't mm. breath work per se, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, here's a, you know, four grams of psilocybin mm. served to me on a shell with a with prayer and intention mm. with yeah. Palo Santo and I'm like what is this ceremonial but it was a ceremonial mm. sacred they gave me a gift yeah and it was like it was like 20 years of therapy in one session yeah. everything and here I created a center called within and we bring people through ceremonial yeah. plant medicine sessions that activate and heal and and so i love that you found that it sounds like around what four years am i rather around the same time two years two years yeah Yeah, so very close my first time was actually four years was the fall and then three years was when i first sat but it sounds like we're finding our 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 frequency around the same time and it's such an honor to have you here to Mm. hear just a little bit about your story and who you are and yeah i think as we as we wrap up um what is like, what is Fish Fisher, what does he see for the world mm. in this next version of his life, in his community? What do yeah. you see for people in your community and in the world? Yeah. And, and then also let us know how we can find you. So I think that you touched upon it really beautifully. Um, ceremony. Mm. Can life become your ceremony? Mm. Can every interaction that you have with every single person be a ceremonial ritual? Can you walk away from every person that you ever meet knowing that it mattered to them? That ceremony mattered to you. Mm-hmm. You can make a conversation matter. Mm-hmm. You can make a breathwork session matter. We can make a cup of tea with an old friend matter. Mm. We can make things matter if we actually put the intention of ceremonialness in them. Our life is um, this beautiful, exchange of birth and death. And just listening to your story, I've heard many deaths within that. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think about just letting the world 
it's more never letting the world know anything. Um, it's always just a reminder mm -hmm. that um, our breath It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate way to receive and let go. Mm. Every single one of us will face the end of our life at some point in time. Mm -hmm. And that will be a let go of all the things that we've acquired. Mm -hmm. Breath is the ability to practice it. Mm. Breath's ability to take in and let go mm -hmm. is the ultimate preparer for the ultimate let go. Mm. And Breath is this gentle reminder that always is there to let you know that you can take in as much as you want and you can mm -hmm. let go as much as you want. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's always what I want to kind of portray and have forward facing as an invitation, if you're ready, mm -hmm. to give it a try. Because mm -hmm. um, they have to be at the right place in their life. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's there. Right. And, and that's okay. Is it for the ones that are ready to take that step in that yeah. journey? And maybe at some point they'll hear this incredible recording later in life mm -hmm. and they'll be ready. Mm -hmm. It's always an invitation. Yeah. So it's just really kind of just recapping that breath is the ultimate teacher wow. to life, preparing you for the ultimate upgrade mm. and that we can, um, we can always come back to it. It's always there. Um, and uh, you know, somatic release is our Instagram and mm -hmm. our YouTube somatic is somatic breathwork. Okay. And I'm Fish Fisher mm -hmm. on TikTok and mm -hmm. all the things. All the things. All the things. Great and name, so, by the way, Fish Fisher. Is that the natural born name? Yeah. So my name was actually. It's a good little story. No, uh -huh. we're wrapping up. It's yeah. a good story. I actually, um, my given name is Andrew. Okay. Which I love. I think it's a great yeah, strong it's a name. Strong name. I love it. Come on. Uh, Andrew Fisher is my last name. And I, I remember. Sounds like a golf caddy name. Andy it does. Fisher. It does. Yeah. I remember introducing myself to Tiger. Yeah. And Tiger was a, quite the icon at the time, yeah. and I had looked for like his approval. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I remember being like, "Oh, Andrew," <laughs> and I, I swear I saw like A, N, D go right out, you know, from one ear to the other, yeah. right out. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, yeah, that's not going to stand out with that." That's right. And so. Um, I said fish next time I met um, influential players. And well, that maybe stuck. maybe it was you met a tiger and like you know tigers eat fish. Yeah, they, you know, whatever. It's like I'm going with something. Good here. point. Good point. It, there, there's a fascinating like thing there. There's an energy <coughs> there where people have a hard time remembering names yeah. outside of themselves. Yeah. But when you give someone a nickname, it becomes this challenge for them. Yeah. They're like oh. I can remember that. In yeah. fact, they, they desire to remember yeah. it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, shit, if you're going to want to remember my name, I think that's a good And it gives thing. people a, like a mystery or like an allure or something that's like, God, something about, like when I first met you, it's like fish. And then I heard someone call you fishy. And I'm like, well, I want to call him fishy. And I yeah. want to know what this name fish is. Like, yeah. this is cool. Yeah. And it's just a great name. Man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Fish Fisher is... Um, it seems very apropos because when you go through a dark night of the soul, you get to um, you get to re you get to be a man, you get to be the man you wanted to be. That's you right. get to let the person that you didn't want to be anymore. You get to let uh, you get to let them leave. Yeah, you know, fire can burn off all that you are not. That's so true, man. And so. 
there's a newness and a freshness with Fish Fisher. Mm -hmm. um, it's the man I want to be. I'm really happy for you, and Thank I can't you. wait to sit in one of your somatic breathwork classes. You're welcome anytime. And just get to know you more. Well, I appreciate you. And also play more pickleball. <laughs> of course, pickleball. Yeah. Of thanks, course. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. It was oh. a ceremony. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for joining us today on the Going Within podcast. The Going Within podcast is sponsored by Within Center. Within is a ceremonial psychedelic-assisted wellness center in the heart of Austin, Texas. Discover more about our transformative practices at within.center. If you enjoyed this episode, we kindly invite you to follow us and share your thoughts with a review. Going Within is hosted by David Naylor, production led by Patrick Stanger, and filming and production by Rare Media. Please note the statements made on Going Within have not undergone evaluation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Within, we strongly recommend consulting your health care provider for personalized guidance on the diagnosis and treatment of any disease or condition.